0: Example of when you misjudge something, I remember before I uh, became a Christian, when I was 23, I had an idea of what the church was, uh, what Jesus was, what Christianity was, and I was very wrong. I thought it was something I didn't need, something that uh, was kind of an old relic, and I thought it was my parents' thing. And God surprised me. He drew me in by some Christians who I really liked, good people, and they made me curious about Jesus. And then I, for the first time—not till I was 23—but I read the Bible myself. I went straight to the words of Jesus and said, "Oh, okay, this is who you are. That's not who I thought." There was some resemblance to what I heard growing up in Catholic church, but. It was so vivid, it was like high def, this is who Jesus is. It's easy to misjudge things. It's easy to be walking in the park this morning and see this group of people. What do people see if they're just looking at this group of people, if they're just looking at us, listening to us, listening to these songs? It's easy to misjudge by mere appearances. We would look like just a random group of people together, huddled in the cold. What are we doing out here? But what's the truth? What's the reality under the appearances? What are we? We're a temple of the living God. We're the hot spot of God's presence. We're one of those places, those outposts all over the world of God's dwelling place. We're the body of Christ. We are his sons and daughters. This is a piece of the kingdom of God that has broken into the earth and is here. Misjudgments are easy to make and common. God himself received misjudgment when he came in the flesh and walked among us. Right, last Sunday in John, we saw this encounter that Jesus had with a man who was unable to walk for 38 years. He was hanging out in this pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem because that was, there was a sliver of hope that he could be healed when the waters were stirred. There's a crowd of people there who needed this healing, but he couldn't get to the pool. But he couldn't get his healing, so healing came to him. God in the flesh came into that crowd of people, saw this man, walked toward this man, and said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once, at the hearing of the word of God speaking to him, he was cured. He stood up, picked up his mat, and walked. An amazing, fantastic uh, breakthrough of God on earth. Healing people, restoring this one that he knew and that he saw. A God event, something praiseworthy, a life changer. He saved this man from a life of being unable to walk. Something to celebrate. And then the religious leaders saw it, saw this guy a little later, and they misjudged the situation, didn't they? Verse nine: The day on which this took place, when Jesus healed this guy, was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, "It's a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat." That's what they saw. They saw a little rule breaker. It'd be like here. Somebody seeing this gathering of God, and say, "Ah, oh, man, that those chairs, man. They're ruining the grass here." You know, they did not see the great work of God. They did not see, they did not experience the joy of God's visitation. They saw someone breaking an insignificant man-made law that they added on top of God's law. Now, the man who was just healed by Jesus, he replied, Hey, the man who made me well, the man who spoke and I got up, for the first time in 38 years. The man who made me well said, pick up your mat and walk. That's what Jesus said. That's what God in the flesh said. You're saying, don't do that. There's a conflict. Question for you and me, who are you going to listen to when the word of God conflicts with the word of the leaders? around you, your cultural leaders, your social leaders. When people at work say one thing and Jesus is saying something else, with whom will you stand? It's a time of choice. Whose voice will you obey? Whose voice and words will you live by? If you go with God's word, if you go with him, Expect pushback. Verse 16, so because Jesus was doing these things, these amazing God things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him, oppose him. They saw Jesus as a threat, something dangerous. His words went against their words. His words broke Their laws, their ways of doing things, their agenda. They saw Jesus as a threat, a negative, something to be stopped, something to be silenced. So they began to persecute him, harass him, pursue him, go after him, try to trap him, build evidence against him, try to shut him down. They try to shut down the word of God who spoke it all into existence in the first place, including them. Does Jesus back down? He knows this opposition will increase. He knows the opposition will eventually bring him to the cross, but he continues. Verse 17, Jesus answered, then, my father, my father, he points to the father, my father is always at his work to this very day, including the Sabbath, the, the Sabbath day, and I am working also. The father, my father. Father is a self-designation that God gave himself to Israel. He revealed himself to them as their father. He's the source of their life. He's their origin. He's the reason they exist. Remember, Israel are physical descendants of Abraham. Abraham and Sarah, how many children did they have before God got involved? Zero. And they were very old. God, the father of all things, said, I'm going to start a people through you, Abraham. And he told them to name the child Isaac, which means laughter, because it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's amazing. God brought something from nothing. God brought this people, Israel, out of nothing. So that they would remember him and thank him, remember him for their existence. It's a little microcosm of you and me. God created all things. He's the father of all things. The right response to him is, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. So Jesus refers to God as his father, right? My father is working. I'm working. My father's resting. I'm resting. Jesus is saying, I say the things that my father is saying. I do the things that my Father is doing. Even if that conflicts with your agenda, even if you don't like it, even if you try to forbid it, I do what the Father is doing. Verse 18, the leaders hear this. They're like, for this reason, the religious leaders, those with the power, tried all the more to kill him. Not only was this guy breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. He was making himself equal to God. Got that? Jesus making himself equal with God. Make no mistake, the reason Jesus was persecuted, the reason he ended up on the cross, was because he claimed to be God. The word of God in the flesh making his dwelling among us. That was his claim. Listen to what Jesus says elsewhere in John. John 12.50, whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. John 14.11, believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works, the miraculous works themselves. John 8.28, I do nothing, Jesus says, on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who has sent me, the Father who has sent me is with me, and I always do, always do what pleases him. Jesus asserted his equality with God. Elsewhere, he says to Philip, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus declares his equality with God not only with his words, but also his actions. He forgives sins. He received worship. He healed by his word. He calmed the storm. He fed the 5,000. He raised the dead. These are the things that God in the flesh does. What did Jesus say about who he is? What did they say? And what does our culture today say about who Jesus is? One of the questions we ask when we go evangelizing is, who do you think Jesus is? Who's Jesus? What, what, do you, what label do you put on him? You know, what's your, what's your perspective on him? Positive, negative, neutral? Most people are actually positive. The majority of people I talk to say positive. Then I say, well, who is he? And then you get all sorts of answers. It doesn't matter what you think Jesus is, what I think Jesus is. Let's listen to who Jesus has said he is. Who are you going to believe? Who are you going to believe? The culture, what you've learned, what you've heard growing up. Whose words are you going to trust? Jesus continues, verse 19. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, listen, very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus does not back down. Jesus is saying, I'm doing what God is doing. When you see the things I'm doing, you're seeing the things that God is doing. And then Jesus, like he likes to do, turns it up a notch, even higher. doesn't back down. He takes it a little farther. Verse 21, for just as the Father, listen, just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, the Jews believe this. It was revealed through the prophets God would raise the dead. And they, there are some examples in their history. Just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Jesus is saying what? I raise the dead. I, God, raise the dead. Now, it's almost like Jesus is just trying to make them a little crazy, right? You know, they don't like this. They didn't like this, and then he takes it up here, and they really don't like this. But actually, what he's trying to do is he's trying to help them see beyond mere appearances. He wants them to see reality. He wants them to see what is really true, that he is God with them. He wants them to see God at work that have piled up on the truth. He wants to open their eyes. He wants to help them walk. With God. So he takes it a little further. Not only do I raise the dead, but the Father judges no one, actually. They're, they're like, wait, what? What? But has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Jesus is saying, all judgment. The future judgment has been entrusted to me. He's the divine judge. God will execute his divine judgment, final judgment, through the Son, through Jesus. Let's read that again, verse 22. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, to Jesus, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father. sent him whoever dishonors Jesus dishonors the Father dishonors God whoever honors Jesus is honoring whom God whoever praises Jesus is praising whom God whoever pleases trusts and obeys Jesus is pleasing trusting and obeying God Jesus continues, verse 24, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word, listen, whoever hears Jesus' word, believes him who sent him, has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming, Jesus says, And has now come, as Jesus is speaking in the presence of the opposition, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Whoever hears the voice of Jesus will live. Jesus has come and is offering to move you from death to life. Not future, now. The time has now come. Where the voice of Jesus is going out, proclaiming the good news, and bringing dead people to life. Spiritually dead to me being spiritually alive. This may be offensive to some. What Jesus is saying is that you are spiritually dead. If you're apart from God, if you don't see and believe, then you are spiritually dead. Here's a list he's moving you and me from. From death. From death, which means spiritually dead, spiritually blind, dead in sins, separated from God, in the domain of darkness, perishing under God's wrath, without hope and hell bound. Spiritually dead. Humanity. That's the situation. Let's not understate the problem. Is this culturally acceptable? Is this a a widespread? Oh yeah, kids, do you learn this in the textbooks? Third grade, seventh grade, 12th grade, public school? No, this goes against a lot of what we are being taught. Jesus is like, you are dead. That's your situation. And you're going to die in your sins. You're going to remain in that state unless you believe and cross from death to life. Hell bound. Jesus talked about hell. Eternal punishment. You're separated from God. It's going to continue forever. You're going to be punished for your sins. You can remain in that state. But Jesus says, Hey, I tell you, I tell you, you can get out. There's a way out. Because I look at that and I'm like, There's no way out of that. And that's the truth. Apart from God, there's no way out of that. How are you going to climb out of that hole? There's no ladder high enough. And that state is what we deserved. Humanity deserves. For our sin, this is where sin has brought us. God has a right to have us there and to keep us there. He doesn't he's not obligated to lift us out of that. How are we going to get out of that? First of all, do we believe that? Do we believe the Word of God when He says this? It's hard when our culture's shoving something completely different at us. Under God's wrath, not popular. Let's listen to Jesus' words again. He's speaking to anybody who is apart from him. Listen to what he's saying to you. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, to believe Jesus, to believe the followers, to believe God, has eternal life and will not be judged, will not be in this place. You are spiritually dead, but you have crossed from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, time is coming, has now come, when the dead The spiritually dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live, will move from death to this new category, to life. To life. Let's look at life here. Life means spiritually seeing, alive in Christ. Move from separated from God to united to God. From the domain of darkness to the kingdom of God. From perishing to eternally alive. From under God's wrath to being in God's grace and forgiven. From being without hope, hell-bound, to awaiting eagerly the new heaven and the new earth. Jesus is calling you today from death to life. He wants to move you there. Today's the day to receive that gift. Don't die in your sins. Come over to life. Hear and believe the words of Christ. And if you're in that or you're wrestling with that or you need to process that that with somebody, last song, prayer team's going to be here, get prayer. Now, many of us have crossed from death to life. Many of us have been saved, been reborn. So this next part is about us. It's a little hard to tell in John, but later, Jesus was back in Jerusalem, another festival. There's a big crowd there. We're we're in chapter 7 now. Among the crowds in Jerusalem, there's widespread whispering about Jesus. Some said, he's a good man. Some say that today. Yeah, he's a good guy. Others reply, no, he deceives people. No. No. Verse 13, but no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. They're debating who is Jesus. It's the big question. Who is Jesus? Everything hinges for you in this life and the life to come. Everything hinges on what you do with Jesus' words. Do you believe them? Do you trust them? Do you start to build your life on them? Verse 14, not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? So Jesus was not attached to any famous school. You know, he was kind of an outsider. Jesus answered them, my teaching is not my own. It comes from, you guessed it, the Father. Then he Directly confronts the religious leaders. Verse 19, why are you trying to kill me? Why are you trying to silence me? Why are you trying to get rid of me? And then the corrective for them and for us today. Stop judging by mere appearances and make the right judgment. Stop Judging by mere appearances, on the surface of things, quick reactive judgments, start making the right judgment. First off, most importantly, most urgently, stop judging by mere appearances. Make the right judgment about Jesus. About Jesus. Get that squared away. Who is he? Who are you going to believe? Whose words are you going to believe about Jesus? Believe Jesus. Make the right judgment about him. If you're processing that, if you're sorting through that, please at least make the effort to go and listen to what the eyewitnesses said about Jesus. Go to the original sources. Read for yourself. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. God's given us multiple witnesses. Not just one guy. Multiple witnesses. And you can go beyond Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Take your pick. I'll encourage you to start with John, but they're all good. He also gave us Paul. He also gave us Peter. He also gave us Jude. He also gave us James. Dude, his own brother believed that he was the Messiah okay that that should tell you a lot listen to Moses go to the law the prophets the writings and see they point to Jesus multiple witnesses pointing you to Jesus read the eyewitnesses and then pray pray be humble Pray. Pray this prayer. I I love this. Or just at least listen to this. Listen to Jesus in Revelation 3.20. He said it then. He's saying it now. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. He's standing at the door of your life. He's knocking. Anyone who hears My voice perceives it and opens the door. He's not going to push the door down. It's up to you to open it. Anyone who opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I will come in and fellowship with you. Elsewhere, Jesus says, the Father and I will come make our home with you, in you. It's for you, it's for me, it's for all people. This is how Jesus raises the dead. He brings his life in. He knocks open the door. Don't wait, man. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. This world's crazy. Now, if you're already in the life of God you've opened the door you're fellowshiping with God God's in you you're in him you're part of his kingdom then remember who you are number 1 remember who you are you are seated with Christ in the heavenlies you have been raised you have been made alive that sin debt that stood against you it's been taken out of the way it's been nailed to the cross don't live under the condemnation of your old sins It's been taken away. The punishment has been paid in full. Live in that freedom, man. Enjoy the freedom of God. Life in God. You're a child of God. You're not an enemy of God, living in hostility to God. You're a friend of God. You're part of his kingdom. You're a citizen of heaven. That's who you are. You are part of God's new creation. This thing is going to go on forever. He's going to bring you into his new heaven and new earth. He's going to give you that resurrection body. It begins now. You're alive in him. Live in that freedom. Don't live in fear. Christ is with you. He will bring you through everything. You are secure in him. Nothing can take you out of his hand. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Rest in that. Thrive in that. Receive it. Stop making judgments by mere appearances. Stop stop living on the surface of things. Don't get caught up in the surface of things. It's easy to do. Brothers and sisters, it's easy to do. Instead, make the right judgment. You've made the right judgment about Jesus. Now you can make it about everything. God wants to help you discern everything. He wants to help you see clearly. He wants to help you make the right judgment. First step, again, remember who you are. It starts there. You're alive in Christ. You're united to God. You're in his kingdom. You're eternally alive. Don't fear death. What shall we fear? Nothing. Nobody. God is with us. He who is in you is more powerful than he who is in the world. No, do not let anything shake you. Remember who you are. If you're struggling with that, you're struggling with something, you're struggling to hold on to that and live in that, get prayer during this last song. It helps. And here's another note for us Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You'll be able to to discern what is good and right. You will be able to make the right judgment if you stop conforming to this world and its lies. Where what the world says says, Is misaligned with what God says, go with what God says. Build your house, your life on the rock of Jesus, on his word. Discern the difference, make your choice, build on his rock. This is sand. This subjective, human, flawed opinion about this or that, you just got to toss it, man. You got to build your life on the rock. Where God's definition of things, God's word on anything, any issue, any topic differs from what the world says, Go with God and live. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. It's sneaky this world. It just worms its way in. We're swimming in a world that has fallen and, and separated from God. It's telling you things. It's teaching you things. It's trying to impose its will upon you. Push it off. Listen to God's word. Get in his word. How do you renew your mind? Get in God's word. I know it's simple, right? You're like, oh, that application again? Yeah. Get in God's word. Let it shape you. Conform your life to it. Not to the words of the world. You have the mind of Christ. You have the spirit of Christ. You have the words of Christ. Let's live in them. Let's help each other. Let's remind each other. No, that's not what's true. God says this. Last fill in believe God's word above all others. And you're going to get pushback. The world doesn't like Jesus' words on things. Didn't like him, crucified him, he rose from the dead. It wasn't the end of the story. It'll push back against you. It's where we are. Let's stand and let's pray. Let's receive this word from God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. I'm going to invite the prayer team up. If during this last song or at any point you just want to get prayer, you need help discerning something, sorting something out, come and get prayer they'll listen to you they'll ask you what you want prayer for and they're going to listen to God on your behalf and they're going to share and speak uh, what they're discerning God speak to you Lord we thank you for this time we thank you God for coming into the world of lies and distortion and untruth and rescuing us from that place of separation from you Of hopelessness lifelessness spiritual death Lord we thank you for making us alive we thank you for calling us we thank you for enabling us to hear your voice do that today Lord strengthen our ear for you and your word Lord, in those places where we're still believing the lies of the world or the enemy or our old nature, Lord, help us. Call us out of that, Lord Jesus. Help the word of life to your children. Speak to us, Lord. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us, Lord. Help us receive your word even when it doesn't fit what we've heard or what we've learned in our culture, Lord. Help us reject that and take your word into our heart, Lord, into our minds. Help us be renewed by your word, Lord God. Help us realign our lives to you and your word, Lord God. Show us where we're misaligned, Lord. Help us repent. Come out of that, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. It's for our good. It's for life. Lord, help us follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Just come up when you're ready. Receive some prayer. Continue to hear what God is saying to you this morning. Amen.